Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today. And I'm Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. And we just want to send prayers out to people who are experiencing all in, all of the challenges that our weather and our climate stuff is bringing to people all over the globe. Speaking of shifting and responding to changes, whatever, oftentimes life hands us a lot of stuff and what we do with it is incredibly important and also what we do with what is going on in us, whether we are being a saboteur, whether we are helping ourselves, promoting ourselves, acknowledging our worth, all of that's very important and has a very powerful play in how we respond to life circumstances and what we do with our lives. So we're going to look at that today, and I have just the right person to do that, and I'm talking about Lara May, Dr. Lara May, who is a wonderful person and has worked as a clinical pharmacist both in emergency rooms and in adult acute care for almost a decade. She's counseled nurses, doctors, patients, as well as families about medication and their regimens and also maximizing treatment outcomes for them. Her passion has grown from Band-Aid medicine to empower women to heal themselves on the physical, mental, and also the spiritual levels. After studying and practicing Reiki and energy medicine and also becoming a certified integrative nutrition health coach, Lara's coaching practice encompassed energy medicine, intuitive healing, and integrative nutrition to empower the healing of her clients on multiple levels so that they can maximize their results and increase their happiness. Welcome, Lara May. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. It's my pleasure. So um, everybody has a story, <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably had your own demons in terms of, we talked, we, I initially mentioned the saboteur in terms of, your inner saboteur. So first, let's talk about what an inner saboteur is and then if that affected you in your life. Oh, yes. Um, you know, varying degrees at different times. But um, so the saboteur can, uh, you know, come up in our lives in various ways, in our career, in our relationships, in our health, our finances. And once we learn to recognize it, then we can start reframing it and clearing those energies 
and reshaping those behaviors to be, you know, um, more productive and less impacted. So um, all if the saboteur is an archetype, and I don't know if you're familiar with Carolyn Mace's work, but all of our archetypes have a light and a dark shadow side. And so the shadow side of the saboteur is when you let it impede the actions that you take or you let it um, guide you to maybe actions that aren't the best for you. Um, I will say that for me, my saboteur, and I think but probably for a lot of people, it was really strong in, you know, my 20s when I was in college and, you know, just learning to navigate the world. And I had um, a part-time job and, what you know, so you're making the best decisions for yourself that can be um, the most productive and the most loving, um, that's really the light side of the saboteur. How did your saboteur act out? Um, for me, I had um, some pretty strong anxiety and depression in my college years, and um, so, uh, and then I, you know, because I had that extra job, it was really stressful for me. So um, I had a hard time getting to class when I was in college, <laughs> and so, um, you know, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but you know, um, that saboteur of, you know. When the decision comes up, or can I, do I need to go to class? Can I skip class, for example? Or maybe it was within a relationship of, like, picking a fight with my boyfriend at the time, um, you know, or maybe partying too much on the weekend or, you know, not taking the best care of myself, whether it would be um, eating the right things or getting enough sleep. So all of those are examples of ways that the saboteur, I mean, it's, those everyday decisions that we probably don't think about that much, but they're taking away from our health instead of contributing to it. Why did you switch, Lara, from pharmaceutical, you know, medicine and and being a pharmacist and shifting gears into, I'll say, alternative ways of healing because that's what we do? Mm-hmm. Um, I really... As much as I love my career as a clinical pharmacist in an environment that I worked in, I really, you know, I would see the same patients in and out of the hospital over and over again. And, you know, some people were really interested and motivated to help themselves, but a lot of people aren't. And I feel like the medical system in this country in general is, while they may have the intention of wanting to help, the way it's set up really just sets us up for treating the symptom and not really getting to the root of the problem and healing the problem. And most of our issues with disease, um, I feel like, are energetic and they're emotional. And they are manifested over years and years of, you know, suppressing those emotions. And so I really wanted to help people get to the bottom of what was causing the disease to manifest and give them tools to address them because it's not a one and done like oh you're cured with a lot of things it's it's a process and you need to have the tools so that when an issue comes up that's similar or maybe it's the same um, then you know how to address it so that you can again react differently and you know that changes the whole the whole story once we start to react differently to things 
You know, it's interesting because I was watching cable TV the other day, and the commercials, so many of the commercials I was noticing and, and, and just thinking about it are about medication, taking medication for this whatever and that disease mm-hmm. and condition. And, and again, I'm not, lock, I'm not blocking or, or knocking medi- medicine at all because I think it, it serves its purpose. But at the same time, mm-hmm. so much of medication has some dangerous, dangerous side effects. And if there, and in my opinion, if there's a way, now again, some people really need medication, and that's the only route to save their lives or help with their conditions. But if there's another way, in my mind, I think that you know that's that's what I would choose, and that's what I, what I've always chosen in my life. How do you help people take more of? an active role because people like you said you know they'll listen to their doctor they'll they'll take medication and when you were a clinical pharmacist you were seeing the same people kind of showing up again and again how do they what 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 do you need to do to have people take that active role and and maybe even change their their thinking for me, I found that I, uh, most people felt pretty powerless and they felt like they were un- underneath um, sort of the power structure of the physician and that everything that the physician must be true and must be correct and I can't do, you know, if, if he or she says that I'm going to have this for life, then, it, you know, then, then I guess I'm just banned. As much as I really do respect physicians and what they do and their intentions most of them are really good and pure but there are there are so many things that we both as patients and advocates can do and there's just so many gaps in the education that physicians receive in this in this country so you know a lot of it comes down to food and using food as medicine and um, I think diabetics are a, are a really easy example in this in this perspective because, you know, we have this huge structure of the American Diabetes Association and and all of these different groups, and they all tell the physicians how to prescribe the insulin and how to tell the patients what to eat. But that's only you know one train of thought in terms of a dietary eating style and everyone's different and everyone's body chemistry is different and their lifestyle is different and I think to really put that one size fits all on something as so complicated as diabetes is really doing the patients a disservice. So what I would do is I would come in and I would talk to them about their food and their medication and their lifestyle and you know I, I'm one of the lucky practitioners because I have the luxury of that time when I'm in that environment and you know physicians don't have the luxury of time they're they're put in a very small box and they're you know only they're only allowed you know a certain amount of time and they have to move on which is really um, I feel like a sad state of affairs in the way our health system has evolved um, so it's just a matter of telling the patients that they do have the power to make these choices, that they're not doomed to be on these drugs and this insulin for life if they are strong enough and diligent enough to make the the right choices for themselves. And their their eating style that works for them and gets their blood sugar under control might not be exactly what, you know, the ADA 
says they should eat, but that doesn't mean that they they can't figure something out that works for them if they're willing to be experimental and think outside the box. And you know, healing can occur. It's not impossible. We I when I was in school, we were taught that if you have type two diabetes, you're going to have it for life, and you know, you might as well just get used to it. And these are the drugs, and this is the insulin. But um, I really don't think that's the case, and I try to empower patients and their families because it takes a support system to be successful as well. Now, have you worked when you're when you're doing um, when you're acting as a health coach with with families with individuals? Do you also consult with their physicians because oftentimes the people are on a specific medication, and there can yeah. be some problems if they're not taking a medication or if they're kind of weaning themselves off of it and that can be a precarious situation. So what do you do in that in that regard? Yes. Absolutely. So I um I I have the patients they bring me their medication list, we look at it. Because I have the clinical pharmacist background, I have an extra level of expertise. I never would tell a patient to stop a medication without consulting their physician, absolutely, um, ever. But I do feel like it's important to um, keep those lines of communication open. So let's say we decide to go, you know, into a new eating plan, and so I have the patients monitor their blood sugar closely, see, hopefully, see that their, you know, blood sugar is coming down as they're eating in this new style, report that back to the physician. So then the physician or their nurse practitioner, whoever it is that's managing um, working with them, then they can adjust the medications and the insulin and slowly wean it down as is appropriate relative to those blood sugar numbers and their other labs. And again, you're you're speaking of of diabetes as one particular thing because it's not always about yes. blood sugar levels. It right. could be it right, could right. be something else. You know, it's yes, interesting it be, because yeah. I I've always chosen alternative. Well, not always, but I've for many years I've chosen alternative ways. And you said something that's that's very poignant, and that is that we we turn over our power to physicians, to other people, because we think they know more, they are the experts. And and yet we are really, if we know how to tune in, we are really experts of our own bodies. And Mm -hmm. I've actually trained my doctors (laughs) so that when I go for my my annual exam, my doctor will say, are you taking your supplements? And she'll go through, you know, supplements that I am Mm -hmm. taking that I've chosen to take and she's aware of them, but it's interesting because you can work with your physician, hopefully, Absolutely. if your physician is open mm-hmm. to that, and especially when you're talking about diet, Lara, and and they will support that as long as, you know, it, it's moving along in a very upbeat, positive way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that your physician or whoever your healthcare team is, that they see everything about, you know, your your supplements, your vitamins, not just your prescription regimen. And that was one of the things that uh, when I was working in the ER doing those, we call them medication reconciliations, um, is getting the full picture, all the OTCs, all the herbs, everything, not just. And a lot of patients who would be really surprised, oh, you're asking me all, about all these other things. 
And But it opens up a whole new picture that even the physician is able to benefit from, and they just never really thought or had the time to ask. Yeah. Right. And, and to add to that, it's also that many of the supplements, when they are interacting with other kinds of medication or with other supplements, may, can be problematic or can, you know, there can be challenges with it or, or oh, incredible yeah. results. And so, like you're, what you're doing, it's it's so important that people are open about everything that they're taking. And it does take, you know, it is a process. So what, mm-hmm. do you have an example of somebody that you work with, of course, no names, who, who mm-hmm. shifted their eating habits? And because and, we love those stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I have... Um, one client that came to me um, really sugar addicted and um, also had some um, anxiety and depression issues and um, had a pretty um, dangerous and unhealthy relationship with alcohol as well. And um, I am not a mental health care practitioner at all, um, so I do also refer out if I or if I'm working with a patient that I feel like needs more support, like maybe to go see a psychologist, um, I definitely refer that out or a social worker. But um, but we were able to work together, and um, we totally changed how she ate, and uh, we went through an entire sugar detox. And it, it's amazing when you get sugar out of a person's system, how it can help their mood it can change their attitude, their energy levels change. And um, so with that, in addition to Reiki and um, some uh, reflective journaling, and um, I really love Christine Hassler's work of the expectation hangover. Um, you know, we were really able to not only shoot, like affect how she has approaches food and sees food, but she decided to get sober, so she's no longer drinking alcohol, and really her whole life has turned around. Yeah, you know, it's incredible when that happens. And, again, it's people taking charge of their health with support, like people like you, but they, but really they're taking charge of it. And, and you know, there are so many foods that can affect mood, can affect mm-hmm. how, how anxious you feel. And sugar is such a big sugar addiction. I mean, there are lots of addictions going on, but sugar addiction is really high. And, and many people don't see how it's destroying their lives or, like you said, affecting so many other things. And I mean, I've worked with people, too, who, who just don't know how to get off sugar or don't want to get off sugar. It's a big, and, and, mm-hmm. and when you do, when, just like when you go off something else, that you have to kind of recognize that your body is, is detoxing from it. And, and sometimes you feel lousy when you're going through the changes until you get to a place where, where your body is settled into the new way of being. Yeah, so I, what, I think that's, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think that's something really important that you brought up was the period where you feel lousy because I think a lot of people sort of, when they try things on their own, they sort of give up during that period of whether it's, they call it the detox flu or um, or whatever it is. But 
you know, once you get past that, that's when the real change starts to occur and the magic starts to happen. So if you can just be patient with yourself and know that your body is healing and and going through a cleanse, and it's totally natural to not feel so great when you're at the beginning stages of a big change like that, um, then the magic usually happens at like week three or four. Wonderful. So people have to have a little patience with it, too. I remember yes. juicing <laughs> for the first time and, and, and just, you know, going, just cleansing, clearing my body of toxins. And like you said, you it, it, you the flu, those symptoms, you feel tired, lethargic, and, and almost like you're sick a little bit. But that's because the body's le- letting go of, excuse me, all the crap <laughs> and mm-hmm. just release <laughs> And and so we're you know as it's releasing it you don't necessarily like you said, Lara feel great but afterwards when that's done, it's like a new you is is presenting itself. Mhm. Yes. So tell us what a health coach does. So I especially sorry specifically an integrative health coach. Um, we look at the big picture and, you know, our health can affect so many aspects of our life. And I've already, I've already talked about it a little bit, you know, relationships, career, um, and not, yes, of course, you know, like how we feel every day on a daily basis, but that can, you know, be so, uh, it can so affect all the other different aspects of our lives, our relationships with our children and our family, and, you know, are we short-tempered and cranky and tired and lethargic all the time? Um, so as a health coach, I, you know, uh, during our first visit, I'll have you, um, I have a really pretty wheel and that has all these different areas, and I have you rate them and to see, like, how you feel um, within each area. And then we pick one to start with, but really, even though we're picking the one to focus on at the start, it's really going to affect all of them. And so, so depending on give what our listeners, sorry, go ahead. It's okay. I said give our listeners an example of what's on the wheel. Oh, it has, so um, it has an area for your relationship, um, exercise, career, um, spirituality, practice, finances. That's a list. That's an example of what's on it. That's not all encompassing. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but you know, maybe you're feeling that your um, your relationship with your significant other is really not going that great right now, and even though you might have a goal to lose weight. Your top priority is, you know, figuring out how you can bring the energy of that relationship back up. And so if we focus on that, then, you know, amazingly how we interact with other people and how we feel within those interactions directly affects our health. And so, you know, um, I think a lot of people don't think about those connections either. They think, oh, well, if I lose weight first, then all these other things will fall into place. And typically what actually happens is when we start to focus on all the other areas of our lives, then the the weight, um, because I think of a lot, a lot of it as emotional weight that we're carrying with us, um, can start to drop away or 
rearrange itself. <laughs> well, you you made a uh, an important point, and that is everything. You know, there's so much of an interconnect of an interconnection between our health, our relationships, how we feel about ourselves, and and our careers, our choices, or on and on and on. So so that's very important to look at that wheel and and see how everything really interacts with one another because it is it you know it is so very important what do how do if somebody I'm looking at somebody thinking about somebody who let's let's do the the sugar fix for a minute somebody who okay. is determined they they want to get better they want to feel good about themselves but they have they do not want to give up sugar. They have been. That's you know. That's their. I once I once worked with somebody who did not want to give up cigarettes at all, and he said cigarettes are my best friend. He said when you know when I've had a bad relationship or whatever, they've cigarettes have always been there. So how do you approach somebody like that who who? Yeah, I want to get better. I want to improve, but but I don't want to let go of this sugar, cigarettes, whatever it is. Uh, that's a great example, and I think for those um, those type of people that um, I will say they're like the fifty percent. They're they're kind of there, but not a hundred percent willing to do anything or everything that it's going to take. Um, I think they're great clients and great people to work with because. For me, I love a challenge. So that to me is like, okay, well, like you said that um, the cigarettes were his friend. So how do we find something else in his life that can be that role as a friend and a support? And so, you know, doing that um, investigative work, having him do that work, finding, you know, giving him little tasks or assignments and homework um, to find this that reward in something else so that he is more easily able to release and let go of that crux of the cigarette because, I mean, they're addictive and they're hard to kick for sure. But when you have that emotional connection to them, I mean, I love that example because it's so true. And we have it the same with food. I mean, we're taught from a very young age to – reward ourselves with food oh you were a good girl today let's go get some ice cream or oh you got an a on this test let's you know do this or with this food or you know have a reward meal of some sort um i know i was on the swim team growing up and we would get blow pops for when we got a, you know a best time or if we were able to you know meet a certain goal we'd be rewarded with food and it's always sweet food right <laughs> So um, so I think uh, cigarettes and sugar are very similar. They they really serve that um, emotional reward niche for us in addition to the physical, um, chemical pathway of addiction in the brain. But yeah, and, you know, most, you're right. And most people don't think food like sugar is addictive, but try going off of it and see what happens, yeah. you know, initially. It's like it's like – Going off of cigarettes, for you know, your your body responds to to that, and and oftentimes we people have those symptoms of feeling really lousy the first few days or weeks or whatever when they are shifting into a healthier 
lifestyle or or a sugar free lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You said that when when you were in college you had anxiety and and how did you what did you do to shift that? Um it was a many year process of um I started practicing yoga fairly early in life. Um not to date myself, but, you know, like yoga wasn't always what it is today in terms of, you know, available, oh, wow. but that was one tool that I used. And um, I was on antidepressants for a while, um, but not very long because those made me feel even crazier. Um, I My system did not respond to those at all. So while that, that was an available avenue for me, um, it was not one that I was um, on very long. And so I really just had to, you know, monitor my thoughts and, you know, my behavior, what I figure out like what my triggers were. So, you know, do a lot of self-investigative work to figure out, all right, well, if I can't take a pill to just fix it, (laughs) which I'm glad that, you know, my body like totally rejected that drug (laughs) because it forced me down this path of figuring out what my triggers were, you know, how to handle it when I was triggered, but also how to avoid them. Um, And it took me many years. I was in pharmacy school before I started a regular meditation practice, Um, but I did that in response to, I was suffering from really bad insomnia, and if anyone out there has ever not slept for a long time, it just, makes everything awful <laughs> and and weird and you know like it really takes a toll on your mind and your body and your spirit so um so meditation is you know it's also it now. also could be dangerous too much lack yeah. of sleep people could even hallucinate with that <laughs> yeah so um so yeah it can be very serious and so you know again it's just a matter of figuring out, and that's what I help my clients to do. I want to help them figure out for themselves what are going to be the tools that they can always go back to that they know will reset them. So will it be, you know, a really simple meditation practice? Um, Will it be yoga? Will it be exercise? Will it be reading a book or just getting out into nature? Um, Will it be, like, totally maybe changing? Maybe it's your career that's literally driving you crazy and maybe you need to think about a career change, you know, not not drastic, not up and quit, but, you know, start investigating other avenues to find something that you can be not just surviving in, but thriving in. You know, I think that's so important because I think that we have the potential to do just that, to not just exist or subsist, but to be able to, to do something and be something much more. So... Lara, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, find out more about what you do and um, your website, all that good stuff. Yes, um, I am at drlaramay.com, so that's D-R-L-A-R-A-M-A-Y.com. That's my homepage. I'm also across social media with that handle, Dr. Lara May. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, those are my three main ones. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, 
And uh, when she, when you go to my website, uh, the first thing you're going to see is I have a, a summer detox special going on. So it's a two-week program, and um, it comes with two coaching sessions. And I have it super marked down to just $97 because I really feel like the first place that people in general need to start, unless they've, they're already on path and, you know, they have a very specific intention for what they want to work with a coach on. If you're just coming for maybe let's say you have a person that's like, I don't know what to do, but I know I need to do something, usually everyone could benefit from a cleanse. And so it includes all of your meal plans, all of your recipes, um, a guide for the two weeks, and um, extra like gut supporting materials. So there's several ebooks that are included with it. Um, there's a um, fear affirmations ebook and um, teas to help your body, you know, move the toxins out. And um, that also comes with two coaching sessions with me that you can schedule for any point during that two weeks, whether, so if you want to do one at the end and one at the beginning, or, yeah, one at the beginning and one at the end, you can do that. Or um, if you want to have maybe do the two weeks on your own and then have both of them at the end, that's another option. But um, And then once you have this uh, detox package, it's yours for life and you can repeat it as often as you like. So if the two weeks you're feeling great and you want to continue, you have it to repeat for another two weeks or six or however many. So now I want to. I want to. Go ahead. Now I just wanted to put a caution in there too, because again we said that not everything, not one package doesn't fit everyone, and this sounds so fantastic. Right. But what about people that, I mean, do you do advise them to consult with their physicians beforehand if they're on medication or whatever before they do this detox program? Yes. Yes. So if you uh, are on um, any medication for a chronic condition, whether it be diabetes or high blood pressure or heart disease or high cholesterol, then I definitely, um, I would I would love to talk to you before you start. So um, because I can always customize a plan around you as well. So um, email me. Yes, I have a, um, a contact me on my webpage as well. Um, if you want, just click past that first screen that comes up when you go to my website, drlaramay.com. Um, I have lots of links for um, some free stuff. Uh, one of them is a digital detox ebook and guide that guides you through how to separate yourself from your devices. I have another one that really um, helps you approach your emotional eating issues and really um, guides you through some introspective questions and journaling and practices to help with that. And then I have a gut rebuilding um, little ebook too that if you have digestive issues, which is Really, like, besides the depression and anxiety where my journey started was I was diagnosed with IBS at the age of 23. And so learning how to manage that and heal from that, um, again, without medications was huge. So, Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people are going through that, and that's very challenging and can disrupt going out with friends, their own their own daily cycle, as well as being very painful and very disheartening. So so that's yes. that's so important. Well, 
Lara Mae, thank you so much for all you do and for being here today and um, helping people feel better and maximizing their health. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. My pleasure. Have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. So think about what Lara Mae said because you need to take more of an active role in your own health and your healing. And again, we talked about being able to work with your physicians and and make sure that that they know everything that you're taking in terms of supplements and really make it so that you feel that you're in charge because you are, because you're the one that lives with you 24-7, nobody else, well, maybe, but, but you're the one that knows what you're feeling, that knows what you're experiencing, that knows what happens after you eat something, after you take something, after you have a conversation with someone, and no one else knows you like you do. So empower yourself and empower your health, and that's a beautiful way to go, and you'll feel so much better. Speaking of that, remember that you, that's why we call this show Power Your Life, that you are the one that's in charge of you and that you have many options and areas and avenues available to you each and every day to take one step forward into feeling more powerful, not over anybody else, just more powerful about you and about what you can do. So take one step today, even if it's a small step, And remember to feel good about what you're doing. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, docdocwhite.org, and find out articles, other upcoming shows, a lot of freebies. And remember that you are important, and what you do with yourself is really up to you. So make the choices that benefit you in a beautiful way. And thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.